Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Tiffany Gaines. She is an entertainment industry executive and the owner and founder of SS Global Entertainment. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for making the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey and all your entrepreneurial endeavors with us here today on the Empowerography podcast. I appreciate that. Absolutely. So let's jump right in. Tiffany, as I mentioned, you're an entertainment industry exec. You are the owner and founder of SS Global Entertainment. You're also a partner. You are the CEO of LRT Entertainment and the label manager for Rick Ross Music Group, CEO of Amata Records. You have a bachelor's in political science (laughs) with an emphasis on law and society. All I can say is, wow, my mind is blown. This is one hell of a lot of hats you wear. I have to ask first off, where on earth do you find the time to fit all of this stuff into your life and have a life as well? That's a (laughs) lot. (laughs) Yes, it is. You know, it's funny. And I did include this in my book. So we might as well add that title. in Sure. Yeah. We'll throw author in there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Best-selling author. Right. But, you know, balance. Balance is key because as an entrepreneur, you don't want to stop. You obviously want to pivot when you need to, but it's always about keep going, keep going. What else can you do to scale? How can you help more? So I just feel like when someone introduces any opportunity to me, I'll really take a full glance and say, can I add this to what I'm already doing? And if I can, then I'll figure out how to balance it. So balance is key. That's really what it is. (laughs) So I want to know, how do you go from having a bachelor's in political science with emphasis on law and society to working in the entertainment and music industry? I mean, did you originally want to go into the law side of things in the entertainment industry? Yes. And I actually still plan on doing that. It's a funny story behind that. So I was 18 years old. I was undeclared, obviously graduated from University of uh, Riverside. Okay. The problem there was, what am I going to do? I don't know, you know, what path to take. I know I wanted to help people. So initially I thought of being a psychiatrist, somebody that would help with therapy, you know, maybe mental health, whatever the case may be. But then This is a strange situation, but I always <laughs> call it destiny or, you know, yeah. just the way the things work out. Yep. The universe. So I'm sitting at Kentucky Fried Chicken <laughs> <laughs> and this guy by the name of Tom Owens, he was the leading investigator of the Rodney King trial. Okay. He, he just walks up, gets his meal and he comes up to my table. I was sitting by myself and he says, are you eating by yourself? And I said, yes. He says, well, there's no point in two people eating by themselves. I said, oh, okay. So, you know, 
usually it's like a creepy thing to where yeah i was gonna say (laughs) i was 18 but i don't know why it was something about him he was an older gentleman at the time so to me i just really i was in a public place i said okay i'll see where this goes yeah turns out he pulls out this book and he's an author of a book called lying eyes okay and he says i want you to read this book if nothing happens from this you know, this meeting or this conversation, at least you'll have something that you can take with you. And maybe you can learn a few things, you know, and I said, Oh, okay, thank you so much. So he asked about what I did. He asked about what I'm inspired to do. And he asked that one question that I'm stuck on that I was stuck on at the time. What are you studying? What are you trying to become? So I said, you know what, I'm undeclared. I don't know, but I want to get into, you know, I'm, I'm politically interested in like what the world does leaders how the universe is ran you know what decisions are made that might affect my life in the future and then of course my loved ones so i I, when i was explaining all of this to me he said you know what it sounds like you may want to get into potentially law and i said i was considering a lawyer just not sure how he said is there something you're passionate about i said i love to write and i Mm -hmm. love music And he said, why don't you try entertainment law? I said, huh. And then he said, with your political interest, just go into something that's broad enough, you know, for you to go say, okay, I want to go left or I want to go right or I want to pivot. So I said, all right. And that's what made me look into political science. And then I said, is there anything that I can involve as far as law? And then I spoke to my counselor. They said, try to take a minor. And instead, I ended up doing an emphasis, which was a little less time. And here we are today. But the reason why that's key is because in the industry, you're always tied, especially if you're a philanthropist, you're always tied to how can you help the community? Yeah. Right. How can we involve ourselves in charities, you know, maybe some nonprofits, whatever the case may be. So during the process of my career, I've met so many wonderful political leaders from both sides. I don't fall into any category. And I decided, you know what, instead of running for president, I want to be able to do something (laughs) with enough power that I could potentially have a say-so of what the president does. So there is still an interest of mine right now to run for Congress. All right. Well, there we go. It all ties in. (laughs) How did you first start out in the industry then? And what was your very first job in the entertainment industry? baby fat. I started out as wanting to be a model of some sort, you know, yeah. let's see what, what, what we can do with this. I wanted to be in the entertainment space. Wasn't sure where I was going to fall into, but I signed a contract with Barbizon Modeling. Well, first it was Malibu Talent Agency. Okay. Then I got a contract with Barbizon and okay. Barbizon ended up introducing me to baby fat. And from there, I met quite a few people from Russell Simmons, obviously Kamora Lee, we started doing certain gigs and I didn't like the way they were treating the females. Right. And I noticed there was a, it was almost a distasteful, like a a feeling of inferiority. I don't know. I just felt like, Hey, there's a, there's a problem here. And I said to the girls, do you guys feel like there's the leaders here or the people in charge are kind of, and they're like, yeah, we, we, we do notice that because they wouldn't call us by our names. And you know, they would just say, hey, you in the blue and, 
yeah, it, it became a stigma to the point where I loved the gigs. I yeah. loved meeting people, networking, but I wasn't interested in the way they they treated everyone. So I decided to take things into my own hands, which is where Blazes Entertainment came in. Amazing. So yeah. how long have you worked in the entertainment industry now? Uh, since 2001. 2001. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, 20 years. <laughs> awesome. You're dating me. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I think that's yeah. incredible. What Indeed. would you say is one of the most exciting or inspiring things about your career? Helping people. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I decided to come up with the title of my mm-hmm. company. We can get into that later, but yeah, there's a sense of fulfillment that I believe anyone f- should feel mm-hmm. when they help people. There's a great type of sensation that's kind of obviously un- unexplainable when you receive especially if it's something you've wanted for so long or you've worked for. But if it's giving, that feeling that you get when you see someone's eyes light up, or even if it's reciprocated well, that reward that you get back in return doesn't have to be right away, but it can be later. There's a rapport built. Yeah, it starts from there. You know, that's pretty much, that's what fulfills me. Yeah. Now, I come from a corporate background and I've seen even now and still that mindset and behavior of, the old boys club mentality when it comes to equal pay for women and women in C-suite level positions in corporations. And I mean, it's absolutely horrible that we still have this 1940s mentality kicking around and that women are still not treated fairly. I mean, yeah, we're starting to see a shift in mindset, I think, around more women like yourself standing up and saying, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to take the role of CEO in my own life and start my own business instead of waiting around for corporate to put me there, which they never will because of the way corporate America is structured. Can you speak to any adversity that you had to overcome when you were first starting out in this world of of going out on your own or when you were working before you started your business and how you dealt with it? Absolutely. I mean, and it's sad that it still exists today. Mm-hmm. There is somewhat of a slight change, but to anyone who go- who's going through something similar, I'm both, you know, I'm a, I'm a minority as well as a female. Right. So that was a double whammy. Yeah. You know, and in the entertainment industry, even in the political world, anywhere in power, there's always going to be our male counterparts who they just have some sort of say. I don't know if they even realize it at times. And I, a lot of times I don't even think it's directly at us. Uh-huh. I think that it's something that's inside them. They feel a, a sense of superiority and as they should. I feel like there should be once again balance. Right. If everyone knows their roles, then we can see where our strengths lie. And if there's any weaknesses, we can just help each other, you know, become stronger together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, I mean, obviously I started my company initially because I felt the issue at hand. Yeah. Right. So I said, there has to be something done where I can become a voice for females in general and it didn't really fall into minorities at the time Uh but for females yeah right 
And then once I started becoming a person of in leadership, obviously, and I and I started having that voice that I was looking for, I did empower a lot of females. But I started teaching them that listen, we're not trying to overpower the male counterparts in our circle. What we're trying to do is empower ourselves as females. And then together we can go and the male, the males in our industry can say, you know what, they're an asset. And then they welcome our energy. Right. And I think that's what's necessary for us to really, really focus on if we do see that in any industry. So how did overcoming that those adverse situations and that adversity fuel your drive and passion for the work you do now? Oh, it's still going. (laughs) (laughs) It's still going. You know, I mean, you're going to go through ups and downs. It's kind of like the weather. You never know what's going to be thrown at you. So you always have to be prepared. And because I'm an entrepreneur, I always find myself entering into different opportunities or possibly new events, even joining new groups, new companies, becoming a member of a a cohort, whatever the case may be. And I am going to find where there will be the same scenario, just in a different situation. So, you know, you, you have to keep your guard up. And at the same time, you have to understand where you stand. That's at least what I do. I understand that I am a woman. I am a minority, but I do bring value to anybody or any organization that I'm working with. And I think if you focus on that as as opposed to focusing on the issue or the potential issues, then it's easier to get through. It won't stop. It's not something that's going to end. You know, I I just don't see that. There's too many personalities and characters that reside in any industry. So it's going to come, it's going to come, but you just have to be ready. That's all. What are your thoughts on the shift in mindset on the landscape of entrepreneurship and women run businesses? And secondly, in your opinion, how do women continue to push through and continue to break down these ridiculous barriers and ways of thinking? You know, I think after studying so many personalities, keep in mind, I have dealt with nearly 5,000 people, 59 record labels, and we keep going. Yeah. So with that, I find that there's a lot of ways that people deal with challenges and whatever the case may be. And I've actually learned from them. I just think we need to, once again, balance. (laughs) Yeah. I I really don't, I don't have the answers and you're going to find that in the book everyone's different. You know, I wish I did have the complete blueprint. That's why my blueprint, shared success blueprint is going to be a series because it's going to be ongoing. You know, we're going to be challenged and we got to stick together. Some way, form or fashion. Now, as mentioned, you're the owner and founder of SS Global Entertainment. What was the inspiration behind starting your own entertainment company? Well, Universal Music Group has always been a passion. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of mine they they're the largest distributor well they're not the largest distributor but they're the largest distribution company okay they distribute through ingrooves that they recently acquired them and their company just to me represents success and it consistently grows into something bigger and i'm the small version of universal <laughs> music or let's just say that i don't want to take anything from them but yeah them They have all of these subsidiaries under them as far as labels. They also sign and exclusively, they're non-exclusively or exclusively sign artists. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have so many different compartments. They help in so many ways. And I feel like if I could make a difference in anyone's world, I would love to do that, but be able to, you know, control at least the direction 
Because yeah. I think that I, I've worked with them for a while. I've actually worked with them through uh, in grooves and, of course, A&R reps and some senior executives over there. And so I know the challenges. So I kind of deal with them and kind of ask a lot of questions and say, ah, you know what, that might come up or that has come up within my company. And I use them as really the main blueprint. And because of that, Shared Success Global keeps growing. I'm constantly studying the the greatest competitor of all, I feel. Can you speak to us a bit about what Shared Success Entertainment does and is all about? Absolutely. So we are not the traditional distributor. There are distribution companies out there, and I don't want to say names, but Mm -hmm. what they do is they're service fee distributors. They don't focus on the artist, the best interest of the artist. They don't focus on whether the artist is earning, they simply provide this service, which is get your music out there. The problem with that is there's no growth. There's no growth potential because most artists are really winging it. So what we do is I provide a one-on-one training and it's a monthly consultation where from the beginning, the first four to six months is really me just training the artist, distributing their music, and ensuring that they're registering properly so that they can earn from all angles of the music and entertainment industry. And that's from the music side. So once the six-month program is completed, from there, they're going to start seeing monthly income based on their efforts, which is through strategies that I teach. So this is more of an educational process. It's not like you buy the service with these companies And then you're on your own. With me, it's a one-stop shop, right? So I'm a VP of a company called Hush Media Networks. And I'm also the COO of a company called Amada. And together, those entities help us become this one-stop shop. We have literally everything from, you know, the smallest promotional packages all the way up to major label services from touring to publishing deals. And because of that, I feel that we represent the company that doesn't exist right now as Mm -hmm. far as helping creatives. So we're a nonstop shop. And of course, me being a celebrity publicist that just puts, you know, and a manager that puts the icing on the cake. If I see potential, then I'm either they're going to ask or I'm going to suggest, hey, what do you think about me, you know, bringing you on as an actual client? So there's so much room for growth and we're always researching, you know, expansion and changes within the industry. And I think instead of just a company working on uh, or focusing only on services, Mm -hmm. which is money, 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 me, 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 I'm the complete opposite. If they look good, I look good. There you go. And that's a great way to look at it. That's a great philosophy to run your business by and, and help these artists. Yes, it's needed. Now you're, the CEO of LRT Entertainment. How did that opportunity come about for you? Yeah. So in 2013, I met Lisa Thomas. Uh, We were speaking at a BCC conference and I met a few of the executives that are well-known today, Steve LaBelle, Jazzy from Jazzy Management, and I can keep going. But when she got on the panel, she kind of explained what she did. And initially, when I was on that panel, I was uh, the founder of Blazes Entertainment, which was my first company. So I had a roster of 2000 creatives. I just wanted to figure out how could I scale? What could I do to help bring more to the company itself? And as soon as I heard her talk about digital distribution, I was like, huh. And then she's like, yeah, we are partnered with InGrooves, which is Universal Music Group's uh, distributors at the time. And 
she's like, anyone interested in joining, feel free to contact me. And from there I was like, uh, I need to get with her. <laughs> so yeah, we exchanged numbers, uh, met in Burbank at her office at the time, closed that deal and, you know, really never looked back. So she's the key to why SS Global even exists today okay. because SS Music Group, yeah, was branched from that. Okay. Now, what are your, some of your responsibilities as the CEO of LRT Entertainment? We're actually very separate. Yeah, her roster is quite small. She's pretty, you know, she's one-on-one with her clients. So my entity actually carries LRT Entertainment. So yeah, the roster itself, nearly 5,000 artists and, you know, 59 record labels. Wow. Before, yeah, before that, she was like, you know what, what do you think about taking on the role of CEO? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, that would make a lot more sense. And so I really just helped with reputation management. And But for the most part, LRT, I feel, is really just the umbrella that sits behind the scenes and says, yeah, good girl, go go do what you got to do. But SS Global really runs runs the, the roster. Now, how did the opportunity to become the COO of Amata Records happen? What are your, and what are your responsibilities there as CEO, COO? Mm-hmm, of course. So in 2017, I came across one of the websites. So we met through, we actually met through me purchasing one of the services for a client of mine at the time. And I wanted to see, oh, this looks interesting. So everyone knows that Source magazine usually costs around 600 and up, right? Okay. Uh-huh. So I saw on the website, it was $60. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is mine. But I figured it might have been a typo. Yeah. So yeah, immediately when they contacted me, I said, is this a typo? And they were like, yeah. But I said, <laughs> oh, you know, and then the CEO at the time, which is Eric Jones, said uh, he contacted me directly. I don't know if he looked me up and said, saw potential. I never even asked that question before, but we ended up talking and we started distributing projects separately from SS Global. And he was like, man, you have a large roster. I said, yeah, I got a full machine over here. And he's like, what do you think? I mean, we both really were mutually interested in combining our services. And I saw a lot of areas where I could help structure the company Amada as well as Tush Media. So, you know, he's phenomenal when it comes to building empires, building Mm -hmm. websites, building the look, SEO. He has so many strengths in his area and I do as well in mine. So it just kind of made sense. It's a natural fit. Absolutely. So here we are today. And now you're also a label manager for Rick Ross Music Group. How long have you been working with Rick Ross Music Group and what do you do as a label manager? Well, Rick Ross represents Freeway Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross, Mm -hmm. and I've been managing him since 2012. So I've been a part of a phenomenal management team since, you know, since the beginning of time. And we've helped simultaneously. It's always going to be a group effort. It's never a Mimi situation. Yeah, We've helped him become a best-selling author, a philanthropist. You know, when we first took on the gig, it was very hard. It was difficult because you either hated him or loved him, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like that's really what it was, black and white. Yeah. And I was like, man, is this really for me? But a mutual friend, Suave Churchill at the time, said, listen, manage him. Come on. We need you. We need your expertise. We need your services. What do you think? And I kind of danced around it. One day I met with him 
at Denny's, we had a great conversation and Rick's the kind of guy that when you sit with him, he just has this way about him to where you're just like, yeah, what do you need me to do? Like, you're so cool. <laughs> you know, I know you ran a whole full empire, $3 million yeah. a day, but what can I do to help? And I never look back. And of course, obviously, because I'm a distributor, I wanted to create a path for artists. For sure. Yeah. So we came up with, uh, it's actually Freeway Rick Ross Music Group, but we initially started it as Rick Ross Music Group. So there's DBA situation there. Okay. Now, yeah, it's pretty cool. You Mm -hmm. being a serial entrepreneur, have you always had that entrepreneurial bug in you? And where do you think that comes from? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It starts from when me and my sister were very, very, very young. We had a $2 a week allowance. Okay. And (laughs) my sister, every time we would go to Walmart, she'd blow it on candy and whatever. (laughs) whatever (laughs) And then there was me. I was like, nope, I'm going to save my money. And I'm going to save it. I'm going to get more. I'm going to get more bang for my buck. And I always remember that I would buy like things that like bigger packages or something. She would get like a lollipop or a yeah. sucker or something. And I would get like a full pack of a whole so, bag of lollipops. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know what? I would share though. I would right. share. I would still, I was still that big sister, yeah. but I felt like from the beginning, I always knew that there was more to just spend, spend, spend. You have to plan and you have to execute and then you'll, you'll be happier in the long run. If you just wait, yeah. you know, you, you plan and figure out what you really want in life. And that was at the smallest scale as a mm. child. So I took that with me. I still practice that same mentality today. Amazing. What drives or motivates and inspires you to keep going, to keep pushing and excelling at all that you do? Oh, it's helping. You know, I, I'm a believer of you never really tell your right hand what your left hand is doing. Okay. Okay, but I will tell you this from a generic standpoint. I have seen people go from homeless to potentially losing their homes to not even being able to provide for a birthday for their children mm-hmm. to getting brand new cars, moving into an apartment, seeing complete change from working with me. And wow. the yeah, the key to this is really understanding consistency. And if you are accountable by someone, it doesn't matter who, you need a mentor. It's so important to have someone that you can be accountable for Mm -hmm. um, or that you can be accountable to, not for. And as long as you have that, I do believe that it can help. And if that person helping you has the proper resources for for you to do better, then that's what is needed. And if it wasn't, if it wasn't for all of my clients that have gone through whatever they struggled through, I wouldn't be who I am today. So that's what fuels my passion. It's literally like, okay, you know what? If someone needs me and I can be there, I'm going to be there. And it's just nonstop. It'll never die. That feeling of you want to help, you need to help. It's not going anywhere. You're also an advocate speaker for youth. You support multiple nonprofit organizations and sit on boards. How did you get into doing the philanthropic and charitable work that you do now? Right, right. Okay, so let's go where where we initially started. So from that beginning, that humble beginning, we moved up and realized that, you know, we're not given our lifestyle for, for the lack of better words. We didn't ask to be born in, you know, what, whatever we were born into. This is one of the reasons why I decided to, to manage Freeway Rick Ross. The choices that are made have everything to do with the resources that you have access to, the people that you have access to. And because of this important 
understanding. I needed to make it available through myself and my opportunities to show that, hey, there are ways that you can get out of whatever it is you're going through, right? So whether it's mental issues, whether it's poverty stricken, you know, youth, whether it's whatever the case may be, anything that the youth of today struggle with, that became something passionate to me from a very young age because I experienced it. Right. Yeah. So from there, I said, I have to involve myself in ways that I could help make a difference. Because if I had more of that in my past, maybe, you know, things would have been a little different. Maybe we could have been in a better situation financially. Maybe we could have been in a better fit situation mentally. You know, our mental affects everything in school yeah. and it affects the people around us. So that's where it stemmed from. But Fast forward into my professional career, being a speaking advocate and being just a speaker and and involved in the youth in general, it's something I feel that I couldn't live without. I think that all of us should be a part of something like that. For sure. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Superpower? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't think there's a superpower involved here. Oh, I think you're being modest. We all have a superpower. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know what? I'm going to lean back to the, you can't give up and you have to start. I think it's not, again, I'm going to say it's not a superpower. I just feel Hmm. like the lack of effort on so many levels just doesn't have those words start in it. Those start going, move, let's go. It doesn't, people have great ideas. They have, you know, they even might, they might even produce a beautiful blueprint, business plan, proposal, whatever the case may be, but they, they don't start or maybe they start and they don't finish or maybe they start and they don't, you know, continue. So uh, superpower, maybe not so much a superpower, but I feel like that's what's missing. Okay. I have that. I have that. It's got to go. Let's go move. And it's that almost drive. Like a, yeah. It's like a pet peeve of mine when people are like, Oh, all right. I'm so <laughs> tired. Okay. Are you serious? Do you want to be a part of this? You know? So yeah, I think that's a sense. superpower. I really do. You think so? Yep. I, I do. Absolutely. So. I, I guess do. so because so many people just, I feel they lack that. Well, there you go. And that's why it's a superpower because not everybody possesses that skill. Mm, I'll take it. There you go. (laughs) 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 Tiffany, speaking of success, how do you define the word success? What does that word mean to you? Success is progress. That's what success is. A lot of people think success is the end end result Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, the money, the fame, the riches, the glory, but it's not. Success is if you actually see progress and it keeps you going. That means that you were successful at something. I love it. What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? What was your life like after learning it? That's a good question. Well, (laughs) before learning, okay, I'll give you this. As, As a young entrepreneur that seemed to have everything almost fall in my lap, as far as like really great opportunities, I tend to feel, or I, I had a feeling of, look at me, I could do this. Mm-hmm. No, this is nothing in the beginning. Right. And 
that was prior to really jumping through all these loopholes of obstacles and restrictions and realizing that it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. While you are getting these great opportunities handed to you in order for you to maintain your success, you're going to have to put down your pride and you're going to have to work together. You're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to ask questions. You're going to have to make it seem like you don't know everything mm-hmm. uh, or at least not even make it seem like you're going ha- you're to have to admit yeah. that you don't know everything. And that was the beginning. And what did I learn from that afterwards? Ergo, shared success global. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there's more. Absolutely. Four strong hands will always be stronger than two. For sure. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? Ooh, you know, I mean, it, it may sound cliche, but I think anyone who's ever told me, keep going, don't quit. You're doing a great job. If you really listen to the words that are being told to you, you might go somewhere further. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just hear it for the moment. And yeah. then they're like, yeah, and then they just hold on to that one accolade. Like, don't you know that I got principal's honor roll in third grade? You know? <laughs> <laughs> resting on their laurels you may need to you may need to keep going you know start something new yeah i feel like that's simple simple stuff (laughs) what does the word empowerment mean to you oh i talked about this on our speaking engagement with feely the feely tribe Uh, i don't know if you remember on international women's day so empowerment means to me especially with women i can only speak for us yes It means that we are coming together to strengthen ourselves so that we cannot overpower, I believe I said this earlier, not overpower our male counterparts, but we can empower everyone together where we focus on our strengths and, you know, fill those loopholes as far as our weaknesses. So empowerment is the opposite of overpowerment. Uh-huh. That is so crucial to understand because people feel like, yeah, I'm empowered to do more, to be greater than men and to be greater than my uh, executive competitors or companies. No, just empower yourselves, yeah. empower the circle around you. And eventually people outside of your circle will start recognizing the value that you hold. Then they'll become interested in being empowered with you. So Mm -hmm. it's really crucial to understand the difference between those two terms. Empowerment does not mean you're bigger than someone else or something else. Mm -hmm. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My mom. You know, my mom represents, uh, she's Taiwanese Mm -hmm. and she was an immigrant. She came from Taiwan. She spoke very little English. Okay. And she became a travel agent. Then she scaled her company, decided to open up her own successful private business. She traveled the world and she was single for a while of my, you know, my upbringing. And I just feel like that was so brave. I can't imagine going to a country that speaks a language completely. I have no, maybe two or three words in my vocabulary of that particular language uh-huh. and then trying to adapt and become something worth saying, yeah, this is, this was a legacy worth living. And, you know, my mom is successful today and she's, she still hasn't retired. I asked her the other day, did you retire? She's like, no, not yet. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. She's like, yeah, not yet. Almost. But 
you know, that, that holds so much weight in my world because mm-hmm. it's, it's the traditional route is maybe not today, but you can either go to college, get a degree, get a job, scale up and boom, or you can start a business, do well. Mm-hmm. But how many people really just say, you know what, I'm going to full on challenge myself yeah. and put myself in a predicament where I'm completely, you know, vulnerable to this big, huge, scary monster. Yeah. And she, and she did it. So she speaks English. You know, she doesn't have that insecurity as far as what's going on and are people going to look at me funny and she's successful in her own right. And yeah, she's my inspiration. Your mom sounds like an incredibly inspiring woman. And yes. there you go. That's where you get your drive from. Indeed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section here. So the next grouping of questions just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. Oh, okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Determined. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Don't give up. What's one thing you want, but cannot buy with money? Hmm. One thing I want. Pardon me? You said one thing I yeah. want, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, one thing you want but cannot buy with money. Mm. Fulfillment. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? People. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good oh one. Gosh. Yes, yeah. that's a very good one. <laughs> what is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Oh, is it wrong to say shared success blueprint? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. Let me stop. I mean, of course, my book. Oh, that was super vain. But, no, um, no. <laughs> I love Art of War. Let's just go there. Okay. <laughs> but really, <laughs> was so shared bad. success blueprint. <laughs> yes. Everything you need to know to make it in business. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, Entrepreneur goodness. life is? Not for everyone. Very true. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Get Real Woke. Okay. That's a podcast. All right. That mm-hmm. concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. What would you say, Tiffany, are the top three skills needed to be a successful entrepreneur? Drive, patience, and will. In that order? Yes. Okay. Really, it's all, they all weigh the same, but yeah. we'll just say in that order. what's your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs oh you gotta pause you have to pause because it helps you it it gives you that fuel again Mm -hmm. like when you pull like let's say you you know they say you got to unplug your charger sometimes or unplug your modem or just to recharge yeah yeah in order to get that extra oomph okay yeah you, you need to recharge what's your personal motto Shared success is the best success. Excellent. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or for, to use another term, life lessons or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it? I don't know everything. Okay. (laughs) What did I learn from it? I will fail this business. (laughs) I will fail everyone if I don't get this right. Yeah. Yeah. Straight to the point. If you could sit down and have a one-hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? Robert Kiyosaki. And why? why? He's straight to the point. He's knowledgeable. He keeps searching. I follow him every day. I'm subscribed to everything he has. Mm -hmm. I probably could get that meeting. It's just I'm intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he's just going to reel me. You know, just 
just dr- well, not re- drill me. You know, he's that guy that will tell you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Get it, get it right. <laughs> so yeah, Robert Kiyosaki for sure. Okay. If you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Mm. You did such a great job, Brad. Thank you. I appreciate that. You really did. These were great questions. I don't have anything. Okay. I think these were awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Tiffany, if you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? No matter what you face, it's not over until it is like (laughs) that. I've been through so much, Brad. It's not even funny, you know, from the loss of my dad to the loss of my other half. Many years ago in 2006 to, I mean, I can keep going. You would never think that I am still here helping others because so many others I feel would just be like victim, victim, victim. But it's made me realize that I'm here for a reason. So Beautiful. If you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? I hope that I've made a difference. That's it. All right. That's it. Beautiful. Tiffany, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share your story and your journey with us. And I'm so honored and I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and I'm so honored and happy to have you as a member and part of the Empowerography community. Thank you so much, Brad. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a pleasure. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Tiffany Gaines. She is an entertainment industry executive and the owner and founder of Shared Success Global Entertainment. Thank you so much, Tiffany. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca and follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.